We're reading this morning in Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 3, Chapter 12, which is called Creation of the Kumaras and Others. We're going to do 24 and 25. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya so let me just read the text, uh, Chris, uh, Sanskrit text and the translation of 24, and then we'll chant uh, uh, text 25. Pulaho nabito janjne pulastya karnayor rishihi angira mukatokshno trir marichir manasobhavat Pulasya was generated from the ears. This is Lord Brahma, uh, how he's creating these various sages out of his body parts. Interesting how that works, huh? I'd like to find out. <laughs> Pulasya was generated from the ears, Angira from the mouth, Atri from the eyes, Marichi from the mind, and Pulaha from the navel of Brahma. And I will chant text number 25. Dharmaha Stanat Dakshinataha Yatra Narayanaha Swayam Adharmaha Prishtataha Yasmat Mrityuhu Loka Bayam Karaha Dharmastana Dakshinato Yatra Narayanaha Swayam Adharma Prishtato Yasman Mrityur Loka Bayankaraha Dharma Stana Dakshinato Yatra Narayana Swayam Adharma Prishtato Yasman Mrityuloka Bayankaraha Dharmastana Dakshinato Yatra Narayana Swayam Adharma Prishtato Yasman Mrityuloka Bayankaraha Mrityuloka Bayankaraha 
Dakshinataha on the right side. Yatra wherein Narayanaha the Supreme Lord Swayam personally Adharmaha irreligion Prishtataha from the back. Yasmad, from which, Mrityu, death, Loka, to the living entity, Bayamkaraha, horrible. Translation, religion was manifested from the breast of Brahma, wherein is seated the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Narayana, and irreligion appeared from his back where horrible death takes place for the living entity. Srila Prabhupada's purport. That religion 
was manifested from the place where the personality of Godhead is personally situated is very significant because religion means devotional service to the personality of Godhead <clears throat> as confirmed in Bhagavad Gita as well as the Bhagavatam. In Bhagavad Gita, the last instruction is to give up all other engagements in the name of religion and take shelter of the personality of Godhead. Srimad Bhagavatam also confirms that the highest perfection of religion is that which leads to the devotional service of the Lord, unmotivated and unhampered by material impediments. Religion in its perfect form is devotional service of the Lord and irreligion is just the opposite. The heart is the most important part of the body, whereas the back is the most neglected part. When one is attacked by an enemy, one is apt to endure attacks from the back and protect himself carefully from all attacks on the chest. All types of irreligion spring from the back of Brahma, whereas real religion, the devotional service of the Lord, is generated from the chest, the seat of Narayana. Anything which does not lead to the devotional service of the Lord is irreligion, and anything which leads to the devotional service of the Lord is called religion. Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prasthaya Bhutale Srimati Bhaktivedanta Swami Niti Namane Namaste Sarasate Deve Gauravari Pacharane Nirvishesha Shunyavari Paschachade Satarane Omangyanam Timbaram Dasya Gananjana Shalakaya Chaksuru Miritam Jane Tazmai Sri Gurve Namaha Anchakalpa Trubyas Chakrapa Sindhu Bebacha Patitanam Bhavanevyo Varshnavevyo Namo Namaha It's been years since I've read this part of the Bhagavatam before. And one thing, getting ready for class, I thought, my God, you know, I got to get this, go down through this book again, you know, and again and again. Every time you, you know, it'd be really nice to read this like, every other year or something, because if you if you are trying Krishna consciousness, you make a little advancement, more parts open up, and, uh, and uh, Prabhupada has really uh, uh, forcing us in so many ways to deal with Srimad Bhagavatam. You know, it's the book he brought with him, it's the book we distribute, it's the book we have class every day in, and uh, uh, and the temple of the Vedic planetarium, I tell you now, is Bhagavatam in the form of a building. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Huh? Uh, and uh, I'll talk about that a little more later, but anyway, let's, let, well, a few things about this verse here. So, uh, 
So, so even even our Bhagavatam classes over the years have gone uh, over uh, evolu- evolved in different ways. <clears throat> now, when I, f- I first read the Bhagavatam, I'm, uh, the first part of the Bhagavatam I ever read was the the second canto, because when I was becoming a devotee and not in a temple, they in America they were publishing the second canto in uh, single chapters, uh, paperback single chapters. So that's how I started to read the Bhagavatam was the the second canto and it was just fascinating, you know, this stuff. Then when I then when I, I came into uh, came to the temple, then I could read the first canto because that was still available in the well, almost every temple had at least one set of the first canto of the books that Prabhupada had printed in, in, in India. And there I was enchanted because the editors hadn't been able to do their job of making Prabhupada's English into standard English, which of course Prabhupada wanted them to do. So his English was, you might say, idiosyncratic. It it was what the British called Babu English. Babu? Babu. Babu is, uh, you know, a respectable Bengali gentleman, say. And the English they talked to each other, they called Babu English. It was a disparaging term. But, so, but this is the problem, you know, Prabhupada was educated in an English language college and, and you know, the educated uh, uh, Bengalis, uh, you know, because up till 1914, uh, Calcutta was the capital of the British Raj in, 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 in the whole East. And, uh, you know, they moved it in 1914 to Delhi to make, for various reasons, but, you know, that was like a world city and uh, and so there was this this uh, you know the Bhadra Lok the, the educated sophisticated Bengali English speaking Bengalis were the were, so Prabhupada was sort of part of that class Bhakti Siddhanta Bhakti Vinotaku was really the first one like that so anyway but Prabhupada's English you know it wasn't uh, edited yet, but the really good thing is his voice came through so much more strong. His feelings, you know, uh, were, were there. Uh, the rhythm of his sentences wasn't broken up to, you know. So it was re- really, really wonderful to, to read it. And so I was really fascinated with Srimad Bhagavatam, uh, and uh, I even wrote wrote one of my. Uh, I was still in graduate school, and one of my papers I based on Prabhupada's uh, first canto, some, some, of, some of the things Prabhupada was saying there. Uh, so I really got into it. Uh, but when you read, there's so much fascinating information here. Uh, of course, for a while, uh, it was that um, after we really started book distribution going, that the purport to every verse was get out there and distribute the books. Uh, and uh, I, I, I read a, a Bhagavatam, I would be giving Bhagavatam class, you know, read this great verse and this far out purport and start talking about it. And that's what I would do. And then somebody would come up to me and say, Prabhu, could, could you give a Sankirtan class? <laughs> 
And I knew what he meant because, because you'd read the verse, you'd read the purport, and then your job was to fire up the Sankirtan devotees to go out there and distribute the books. It was like a, a, a football coach, you know, before the players go on the field to fire them up to win this game, you know. So that was all, uh, one thing. But now I think we're noticing what <laughs> all the interesting information in here. Uh, that, that, that Prabhupada getting into the books because right? then you know Prabhupada used to complain he, he would say to, he, once he complained to a devotee he asked uh, Prabhupada said a verse in Sanskrit and asked some devotee what's the translation the devotee didn't know and Prabhupada said you think my books are just for distributing yeah, they're you know, you're, you're, you're studied there they're, they're, for, they're, they're for you so he could sometimes Prabhupada complained about that and uh, uh, so now we have some very, very interesting things to study here. Of course, Prabhupada is, is making, uh, uh, the, from this, the very important point, what is dharma? Uh, and, uh, and here, the last instruction, sarva-dharman puritya-ja mamekam saranambraja, because you find there are many different dharmas given. Uh, uh, what is dharma for a, uh, a Brahmin? What is dharma for a Kshatriya? What is dharma for a Vaishya? What is dharma for a Sudra? Different dharmas. There's Sri Dharma. What is the, 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 the duty of various people varies according to their, their circumstances. Uh, but well, you know what, what? What Krishna does very neatly in the Bhagavad Gita is say, if you understand these dharmas, he looks at them one after another. Because <clears throat> Arjuna in the Bhagavad Gita, I'm confused about my dharma, uh, and so Krishna takes that to analyze all different uh, varieties of ways of presentation of uh, uh, of. You see, dharma should not, in as one sense, be translated as religion. Because it comes from the verbal root dri, that which upholds and sustains, that by which a thing what it is. The dharma of water, Prabhupada said this, is to be wet. Uh, the dharma of fire is to be heart, hot. Its own essential nature so people think of a religion as something that's come from the outside and imposed upon you. What is your what is your dharma? Uh, well, yeah, yeah, I, I'm a Protestant Christian. That's my dharma. No, these are impositions. They're upadis. Uh, uh, the real dharma is what you actually are, and so uh, the, the dharma of every uh, jiva is to surrender to Krishna. That's its nature. So Prabhupada says to serve. Everybody has to act in such a way to benefit others, whatever you may be, uh, to serve. So Prabhupada uses the word serve. And then if you analyze the service, you finally come up to the ultimate service is to worship the Supreme Lord Narayana. That's our dharma. So there's only one dharma, ultimately, for every human being to serve the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And 
and, and if you look at all the Vedic dharmas, if you follow it out all the way, if you understand it in its depth, you'll find it takes you there. And so this is what Krishna you know, conducts a kind of survey course in the Bhagavad Gita of all the different uh, dharmas that, that, that are available. And they all lead to Krishna. So therefore, sarvadharmam purit jaja mamekam saraja. Make a quick work of it. You can live all, get rid of all these dharmas and just come to me. Now you think if I, if I surrender to you, maybe I'll commit some sin. Well, the immediate one is I'll have to kill my relatives and even my guru on the other side, you know, maybe. That's a sin. If there's a sin, I'll protect you. Aham tam sarva papebhyo. I have to become a devotee. To become a devotee, I have to say, disobey my parents. That's a sin. I remember one time we had this young lady move into our temple, and, and her, her, her cousins came with a Bible, and says here, honor thy father and mother. Your father and mother are really upset. So what kind of a religion is it that teaches you to disobey your parents? So I had an answer for her. Sarva Dharma put it But that's you know, they honor your father and mother. Yeah, we also believe that. It's yeah, definitely, you know. Father and mother are supposed to be guru. Anybody actually who's in a position of power authority is supposed to be a representative of God. The problem in life comes when those who are the natural representatives of God don't represent God. No? Uh, so, uh, if it leads to devotional service, he says, that's religion. Even if it's not yet there, if it's going in that direction, it counts. And then it's fulfilled when you follow it out all the way. Then when you come to that point, surrender to Krishna, if there's anything in the way, you just take that step. And if you happen to commit a sin... Uh, uh, Krishna says, I'll protect you. Uh, from from any, anything else. So, so this is, so Prabhupada here is, is making that, that point in this purport. Uh, 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 saying here, that where is, so here's Brahma. Now, this is another far out thing, you know. That Brahma, how is the world created? We have a creator, that's Brahma, it's personal. There's a personal creator. Uh, 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 this idea that there's an absolute truth and then the one who creates the world is some, someone lower than that, that's in Plato. You know, Plato has a cosmological work in one of his dialogues called the Timaeus. Uh, and this creator deity is called the Demiurgos in Greek, the Demiurgos. And that Demiurgos is one who can see the absolute truth and then somehow bring it to bear and produce this world. It's familiar to us because this is probably where it came from. There is a lot more connection in the ancient world between, say, India and Greece than people have been led to think. Uh, 
uh, even the, the Greek philosophers knew, heard about the gymnosophists. You know gymnosophists? Naked sages. Sophist is a sage, one who knows. Gymnosophist, gymna means naked in Greek. You know, gymnasium was really a place where everybody used to do sports without any clothes on if you were Greek. Only men. Only men, yes. That's right. The Jews were scandalized. They never took their clothes off in public, but anyway. This was the gymnosophists. The naked sages. They'd heard about the naked sages, you know. And but at one time there was a Persian Empire. One end was in, you know, Macedonia, northern Greece, the other end in India. So once you had that kind of uh, political place you could go from one end to the other without trouble. You know, people were moving around. So things were a lot more connected than, than people, people tend to think. So this idea of this Demiurgos, this creator God who wasn't the absolute truth, was, was there in, in, in also in, in ancient times. Uh, anyway, there's another story. But... Uh, so, so here, a Prabhupada wants to make, so religion, dharma, from the stanat. Stana means breast. I mean, the breasts of a woman are called stana. So from, from, from the breast, where uh, Narayana is seated. Now, Dakshinata on the right side, well, that, the right side. That's interesting, the heart's sort of on the left, you know. Because, but then if you look at the next verse, uh, lust and desire manifested from the heart of Brahma. <laughs> so there's a distinction here made between the, the, the breast and the heart. I, I mean, to me, it's something we've got to figure out <laughs> sometime. <laughs> Uh, but but uh, uh, well, because I tell you something, the the Vedic uh, anatomy and physiology of the human body was very different from ours. Oh yeah, sure. How did they know what was going on in the body? Mostly, they didn't do it the way we do it nowadays by cutting up corpses. They did it by yogic exploration, for example. Where are the chakras, by the way? You know, people have been hacking into bodies and doing dissections. No one has found a chakra yet. And nadis and all those things. Right? That's the anatomy. One of the things, you know, that, that I'm doing, my current uh, still project going on, is the Temple of the Vedic Planetarium. And the temple of the Vedic planetaria shows uh, a description of the universe that isn't like the one we see. Uh, Prabhupada dealt with this when the fifth canto came out and devotees freaked out all over the place. Because it's not like the universe that we know. Among other things, moon is further from the sun according to that. Uh, a devotees left the movement. I know some, you know, they, lo they lost their faith because 
you know, Prabhupada says Shastra tells the truth and that, you know. Uh, Prabhupada defended it. I remember when the fifth canto came out, Prabhupada uh, was uh, in Los Angeles and reporters came and Prabhupada said to the reporters that they didn't go to the moon. They meaning the American astronauts. And he said the reason he knows they didn't go to the moon is that the moon is further than the sun, according to the Vedic understanding. He told them that. And then he gave them an argument. And then they couldn't refute the argument. He said, I'm just going by the transcript and the, the recorded conversation. I wasn't in the room. When you're not in the room, by the way, you miss a lot of things that are happening, people's expressions and body language and all that stuff. By the way, recording is not like the whole picture. But anyway, so all I had is recording. But anyway, Prabhupada said, uh, the moon is further than the sun. Uh, and he said, this is shown because Sunday comes before Monday. See, they couldn't argue with that. <laughs> and there's silence. I mean, they just have been, as the British say, gobsmacked, you know, thunderstruck. That was his argument. And I assume that the power of Prabhupada's personality or something, his aura was something that nobody said, what does that have to do with it? They, they were just silent. Because Sunday does come before Monday. And there is a progression, and you know, that's what actually, if you trace it back historically, the order of the days of the week come from a time when this was the prevailing idea or a place. So that's an interesting historical thing, but people would think, now we know better. Well, there's a different worldview from those reporters. Those reporters believed in the all-pervading Western myth act of faith called progress. What we learn from Bhagavatam is not progress, but the opposite is taking place. So you here have a real clash of world views. You know. So here, from this book, we get the true story. <laughs> from the time, you know, before Kali Yuga was really set in. This, when the Lord disappeared, and Kali was about to begin, at this time, Bhagavatam came. And when the moon is set, you know, the sun rises, in most countries, <laughs> near the equator, where the sun rises. And uh, so the Bhagavatam is, you know, the sun from which people shall get light. That's Prabhupada's idea what the Bhagavatam is for. And that's why it's being spread all over the world. It's to give guidance to us. So it's a question of what... If you don't, so you can put your faith here or you can put your faith there. Now it's interesting to understand what makes, 
what is the agent for the correct placement of faith? We know from that from Bhagavatam. Now, that there are ultimate decisions, by the way, that first you place your faith and then you have knowledge. It doesn't work the other way around. Because uh, buddhi is the agent for the correct placement of faith. That's what it is. And Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, what is this buddhi? From me comes remembrance, knowledge, and forgetfulness. That's what he says in Bhagavad Gita. And Prabhupada says, when they want to remember me, I give them the power by which they can come to me. When they want to forget, I cause them to forget me. So in the Bhagavatam, Prabhupada refers to buddhi as the form in which the Supersoul gives us direction. You want to come to Krishna, he removes the obstacles, he shows us the way. See, buddhi is attention. You go into a room, there's a lot of information. What do you notice? What do you not notice? What do you see? What do you not see? What is important? What is not important? Buddhi governs the phenomena of recognition. What does it mean to recognize something? You give the example, uh, you're, you're walking on the street in Washington, D.C., and somebody said, well, you see, there was the President of the United States. I didn't see him. You did, but you didn't recognize him. So there can be knowledge without acknowledgement or cognition without recognition. What lights up the way you see the world? We all see the world, and we, we cannot look at it without some information or some pattern recognition thing, you know, already installed. This is buddhi. So all processes of knowledge begin in faith, not just ours. Where do you place your faith? Ah, that's... So that's, that, that's why Krishna consciousness in the Bhagavad Gita many times is called buddhi yoga. The dami buddhi yogam tam yenamamupayate. I give them the buddhi yoga by which they can come to me. Dwelling in their hearts, I destroy with the jnana the light of knowledge, the darkness born of ignorance. That's our process of knowledge. How do we get that buddhi yoga? Well, we are told you, know, you, you, have, you have to clear away all the different uh, deposits laid by the modes of passion and the mode of ignorance. And gradually, uh, the mode of goodness becomes manifest and then super, you can begin to get direction from super-soul. We start, we, we accept somebody, it's an act of faith, here is somebody who is the representative of super-soul. You know, representative means to present over again. Represent. Right? Represent. But a representative, if you have somebody who's a representative, what the representative does, the, like, like for, for example, if an ambassador is a representative of a country, if the ambassador of one country says to the ambassador of another country, da 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 da, that country has done it. 
What that one person does, the whole country does. You know, that's, that's what an ambassador, that's why they have to be correct all the time, you know. An insult from an ambassador is like a, is like a diplomatic incident in the whole, you know, everybody is concerned. So this, per, this, this one person becomes empowered to represent that country. So, you know, these are the these are the, the the mechanisms that we have. So similarly, we have people who can't represent Krishna, and we have instructions what it makes to represent Krishna. Ah. So we accept our, this is this the, we are here in this room because we are placing our act of faith here. I mean, they, they come down. They come down to this this placing of act of faith. There's sometimes you, you can give reasons for it, but sometimes you find out that all the reasons you give, what counts as a reason, also depends upon that act of faith that either presupposes. I can be I I, I can accept Krishna consciousness, and somebody says, "Well, wait a minute. Science has shown that you know something something is the case." Why does a scientist count as an authority? Or not count as an authority? Because I've already placed my faith. So you'll find out, ultimately, all acts of knowledge begin in this placement of faith. Uh, uh, so let's find out what the consequences are of our placement of faith in Krishna consciousness. It tells us what we have to do. Uh, uh, the... Uh, Lichtenberg, who was a who was a a, a German uh, professor, he wrote some his, his aphorisms down. He said, "I don't remember the German." He said, "But he said a book is like a mirror. If an ass looks in, an angel won't look out." Uh, so we have to, we have to understand Bhagavatam to understand Bhagavad Gita. It also has the instructions. This is what you have to do. Uh, Prabhupada gives the example, when you take the medicine, there are instructions on the bottle. And you can't ignore it. So he's given us these instructions. The reason Prabhupada, when he brought Bhagavatam to America, also started a movement, was it says that if one wants to hear Bhagavatam, one has to hear with rapt attention. In order to hear with rapt attention, one has to be pure in mind. You cannot be pure in mind unless you're pure in eating, sleeping, mating, and defending. And even, even the most basic biological activities of life have to be done in a pure way. Then you can hear. If you hear with the, in the right way from the right person, then you can see Krishna directly in the pages of Bhagavatam. I think this is First Canto, Chapter 3. That's how Krishna, because we, we, Krishna and Krishna's name are the same. And if we can chant the holy name purely, we'll see Krishna directly. That's our philosophy. This is a big name of Krishna. That's all Bhagavatam is, one big name of Krishna. Because you can take Krishna as a simple name. Yamunatiravanachari is a name of Krishna. You could call somebody, you know, some spiritual master says, your name is Yamuna Chiravanachari Das. 
Because it's a compound, Sanskrit compound, means one, uh, well, you to go from the back, chari, one who wanders, Yamuna uh, Tira, uh, in the forest, uh, on the bank of the Jamuna, one whose habit is to wander in the forest, who enjoys wandering in the forest of the bank of the Jamuna. That's Krishna. That's his name. So you can just keep on adding, you know. In Sanskrit, you can do that. Very long compounds. Uh, so, so, you know, the Bhagavatam is the name of Krishna. So Prabhupada, in order to, he brought the book, but he had to create the proper audience. He is the authorized speaker. And so now, he, for people to hear the, the Bhagavatam, he has to, okay, I have to take these people, and they have to be changed a little bit. They have to become capable of hearing it. We have to be pure in mind to hear the Bhagavatam. So therefore, here are regular principles. First of all, you know, you have to give up intoxication. No intoxication. That was a shock to everybody. And, and, and Malati told me the story. People didn't understand in the beginning. Malati and Shamasundar had been initiated very early days in, in Krishna consciousness, following the regular principles. Uh, so Prabhupada, you know, Malati, when, when Prabhupada was in San Francisco, Malati showed, showed him the, these Jagannath deities that were in a store. First Krishna, and then he said, are there others? So there were these little Jagannath deities. And Prabhupada bowed down, said, what are these? Oh, this is, this is Krishna. Are there others? And she got the others. Uh, and, uh, and then... Uh, uh, so then Shamsundar, her husband, was very expert at woodcarving, make big ones. These are our first deities. So in their apartment, Shamsundar was carving these Jagannath deities. So, so Prabhupada comes to look at them. And when Prabhupada comes to see the deities, there's a pack of cigarettes, Paul Malls, sitting on Lord Jagannath's head. <laughs> <laughs> Prabhupada doesn't say anything. They were they were Shamsundra's cigarettes. Prabhupada doesn't say anything, he just looks at the day very nice. But then afterwards he says to them, you know, you know, uh, whose cigarette pack was that on the hill? That that's Shamsundra's. He says, Well, you're not supposed to uh, smoke cigarettes. You're not, no, because you took a vow, no intoxication. Malati said, they said Cigarettes are not an intoxication. They don't get you high. They didn't know. She told me this story. Cigarettes are not, they don't get you high. They've given up LSD, they've given up cocaine, whatever, you know. Cigarettes? So, so, but then Prabhupada said to Shamasundra, how, how, how many cigarettes are in a pack? And he says, 20. How much do you smoke every day? I smoke a pack a day. So, okay, tomorrow you smoke your regular pack. The next day, 19 cigarettes. Next day, 18 cigarettes. And then after 20 days, you'll be finished. That's what he did. So we didn't know, you know. So Prabhupada had to teach us all how to become the proper hearers of Bhagavatam. Right? 
And so, as we advance in Krishna consciousness, if we progress in Krishna consciousness, Bhagavatam also will become more and more revealed to us. And one of the things that uh, we have to you know, get into it, uh, there are other uh, commentators, eventually we want to get access to the whole thing. And, oops, I just knocked something off there. The other thing is this temple of the Vedic planetarium. This is the Bhagavatam in the form of a building. Because, first of all, it puts in the central chandelier. Uh, The universe is described in the fifth canto. That's also a form of Krishna. That's the, the because in the second and third canto there are five different descriptions of Krishna's universal form, and the whole description of the fifth canto there's a verse at the beginning and a verse at the end that says this is the universal form of the Lord. It's Krishna. It's another form of Krishna. Uh, and of course, the universal form shows up in the Bhagavad Gita also. This is the form of Krishna. And some people think that's the highest form. Like the Maya bodies. Then they say it doesn't exist either, but that's another thing. But the, this, this is the universal form of Krishna. The point of that is that this material world is included within Krishna. This is a teaching, basically, achincha beda beda tattva, that nothing is different from Krishna, yet Krishna is different from everything. This is formulation Prabhupada gives at the end of the last commentary of Bhagavad Gita. Nothing is different from Krishna, yet Krishna is different from everything. Or as he says uh, in a purport in Chaitanya Charitamrita, there's nothing but Krishna. Yet nothing is Krishna save and except his own primordial personality. So just, I, I, this is like a koan. Nothing is different from Krishna, but Krishna is different from everything. Put it in your mind and think about that all the time. <laughs> like the Zen Buddhists, you know, they think of what is the sound of one hand clapping. This is, by the way, but anyway. <laughs> uh, uh, nothing is different from Krishna, yet Krishna is different from everything. So that's an important point, that, that, that Krishna includes this world. And in fact, Prabhupada has described Krishna consciousness as the re-spiritualization of matter. That by performing Sankirtan Yajna, we are reconverting the illusory potency back into Brahman. Because nothing, there's only Brahman. There's different kinds of spirit, Prabhupada explained to me once. Matter is just spirit in another form. But we cannot see its spiritual nature until we engage it in Krishna's service. Well, that's, that's, that's an important message that people should understand. We don't, we don't enjoy the world, but we don't reject the world. We engage everything in Krishna's service. That's, that's what bhakti yoga is about. Harishikesha, harishikena sevanam. Some spiritualists reject the senses, reject the mind. No. We, we, so we're going to see the world as it really is. And, and this description is there. 
and we have to see it through the method given for seeing, the method of that will give us all knowledge, both jnana vijnanam astikya. Both things are there, jnana and vijnana. That's what this says in, in, in the Bhagavad Gita. He's giving us both jnana and vijnana. So vijnana means scientific knowledge, practical applied knowledge that you can actually use. Uh, that's that's what our movement, and that's really we should take it to this next step. Because Bhagavatam is the light that everybody has to get and is supposed to change the world and the way the world works. That was Prabhupada's vision. I asked him once, you see a day when we will, the devotees will uh, command armies and, and run countries? He said yes. That's why in the, in the Bhagavatam, in the beginning, you find a whole political science. How Maharaj Pariksit received the age of Kali. There's a whole political science. Everything is there. This is supposed to be our handbook. And we're just getting to know it. And <laughs> the more we practice Krishna consciousness, the more and more will be, will be shown to us. And, and that temple of the Vedic planetarium, which is really, I see that as the chakra on the top of Iskon, the temple of Iskon. That is the chakra. It needs to be completed. That's that's why it's there, in the place it's in. He followed Bhakti Siddhanta. Bhakti Siddhanta was very clear to them that the, the Bhakti Siddhanta's temple in Mayapur which is, is the parent temple. All the other temples are its expansions uh, of that temple. In They call the Calcutta temple is the expansion of the, the Sri Chaitanya Mat in Mayapur into the modern urban environment. This is in the Harmonists. They wanted to make sure that even though that was their big opulent temple, it was subordinate to the central temple. What does that central temple teach? It's a teaching temple. The one that these deities, the same deities here, huh? that's a teaching temple. It teaches achincha beta beta tattva. You go around that temple and there's madhva, altar, there's a shrine to Ramanuja, shrine to Nambarka, shrine to Vishnu Swami. Each of them contributed something that, that Lord Chaitanya fulfilled their teachings were all each, this is in Bhaktivinoda Thakur's book, Navadita Mahatmya. Each of them made, prepared the way for Lord Chaitanya uh, with their uh, Dvaita, Vishuddha Dvaita, Vishista Dvaita, Dvaita Dvaita, Dvaita. So this, is, this is, they prepared the way. And that Achincha Beta Beta Tattva is the, is the fulfillment of the four founder Acharyas. They're preparing the way for Lord Chaitanya. It teaches historically the primacy of a, the, the, the primacy of a chinchabeta beta tattva. So is that temple in Mayapur in another way, teaching how Krishna is simultaneously one with and different from uh, this world. Anyway, I've gone over time. Uh, any questions or comments? Yeah. Thank you for a very clear and wonderful class. <laughs> 
Um, you yeah, didn't get to the purport yet, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Temple of Infantarium, I mean, uh, in one sense, I mean, if, if, we, if we take a little bit to start from your explanation, it could be taken as a kind of yogic body of the universe, mm -hmm. not as the human body is understood mm -hmm. as Nadi's chakra. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But does that mean that we kind of um, give up the idea of connecting that idea of the universe to the way the empiricists look at it. I mean, we just uh, present it as, as it is, as we would present it to the chakras yeah. and others. We don't need to prove it. It's there. It's, a, it's, it's based on yogic realization. But, yeah, that's... <laughs> well, uh, I, I think that's a long-term project. Um, my, my approach to the Temple of the Vedic Planetarium is we don't have to have all the answers yet, but we will have a cosmological research institute to keep exploring this alongside of it. The kind of work that you do for PhD dissertations, you know. We have to take the fact that there's other descriptions in other Puranas, at least the Sattvika ones, we have to take seriously. They may not be exactly the same as the Bhagavatam. They're different angles of vision. Then there's all the astronomical works, which are, which are Vedic, you know, authorized. They differ from, you know, they, they take a m much more like the way we see it. Uh... The idea is that, that when authorities disagree, somehow or other both are true and you have to find out how they're true. And I think that's going to be an ongoing, uh, an ongoing project. But, but I think we should present it like it is. I don't know how the way we see the world relates to that one. Yet. Maybe somebody does. Uh, I, I, I will not dismiss this as mythological. Uh, or, I mean, we will do it, you know, literally, whatever literal means, but anyway, people will say, oh, this is Hindu fundamentalism and all that other kind of stuff, maybe. Uh, but I, 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 don't, I, I don't think uh, we are fundamentalists either in the sense that we turn our brains off. Uh, uh, and, and, and you know, just dogmatically insist on something without being able to support it. We have to deal with it. Prabhupada's making us deal with it in an intelligent way. But but you you, you this, this Bhagavatam can't be the key to the future that, that Prabhupada wants it to be unless we have it intelligently assimilated it and learn how to apply it properly. Uh, uh, and uh, so. You know, it's, it's, we need to hold, I mean, Prabhupada did want us to have, you know, in 1975, Tabal Krishna brought me to see Prabhupada, and he's the one that uh, Prabhupada sent me. He wanted to have a, a graduate research center in Mayapur. He, he, he wanted, he called it Iskand Bhagavat College. Iskand Bhagavat College meaning college in the way the British use it, not the Americans, Iskand Bhagavat College. You know, in Oxford University there are many colleges. So, uh, uh, so like Iskand Bhagavat College. I said, will we give a degree? Uh, he said, yes, Ph.D. B., Doctor of Bhagavat Philosophy. Uh, 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 and I, I said to him, Oh, I realized he meant a graduate research institution. I said to him, oh, that means we have to have a big li a, a library. 
big library. You need a research library if you're going to have a graduate research institution. Prabhupada said to me, only our books. And my heart sank because I thought of a shelf this big. Uh, and so, but I, you know, okay, only our books. But I knew what he wanted. And he wanted me to go uh, to, to visit at the University of Calcutta, the appropriate authorities, to affiliate this with the University of Calcutta. In other words, if people come and study on us, we would give the exam, but the final approval would be given by University of Calcutta. I went into to University of Calcutta. I met a person who was the right official, some inspector of colleges or something like that. Turned out, yeah, there was already such an arrangement. Guess who had it? The Ramakrishna Mission. They have a big research center in Calcutta. And the first thing the guy I talked to said, you will need a big library. So I heard, yeah, because I'm wow, this is, yeah, you need a big library. And I went to the Ramakrishna Mission Center, and they had a big library. You know, you know huge stacks of books everywhere uh, for, 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 for that kind of postgraduate research. So then, after I'd finished all the research, you know, at talking to the people at Calcutta, they were eager to do it. And by the way, before I had gone there, I had sat down with the Bhavanand and other people in Mayapur and planned out a building for this. I mean, Prabhupada seemed to be quite serious. Then I went uh, to see Prabhupada again. He, by then he was in Vrindavan. I met with him. Uh, he was getting his massage in the morning. And I told him that I'd met with the officials at Calcutta. They're very favorable. But they said, we need a big library. And you said, only our books. And then Prabhupada said to me, oh, we can have a big library. All the works from the four Sampradayas. Bing! You know, the light went on. <laughs> and I thought, wow, that would be not only a big library, but the only one of its kind. Because those works are scattered all over India. And immediately I was thinking those works from the four Vaishnava Sampradayas scattered all over India in various states. I thought, wow, you know, a lot of these stuff will either be rare books, uh, you know, out of print books, maybe even manuscripts. So then I suggested to Prabhupada that we could collect this library by sending teams of people with microfilm to uh, photograph them. And Prabhupada said, that's a good idea. And he said, uh, ask, uh, ask Rameshwar uh, that, that immediately $500 should be, be uh, allocated to begin work on uh, compiling these lists of books and other things like that. You know, to start to get started. So I, wow, you know, I mean, that's why I was pretty fired up. Uh, so that was Prabhupada's idea that we have such a research center already. You know, and, and it's happening actually, in spite of ourselves, because what happens? People had different ideas. Prabhupada had told me that I came back to America. I told Rameshwar, who was in charge of the BBT in America, that 500, Prabhupada said $500 should be given. 
And it wasn't like it was going to, he didn't exactly say no, but he's, you know, I realized that it wasn't going to come. And then I realized that if you really wanted money from the BBT from Rameswar at that time, you had to sort of be his guy. You know, that was the way things worked. So, but I did talk to their Sanskrit department, so they got really fired up. So, you know, I thought that would start things going. And then I got a letter from another GBC in, uh, in, in India that said, and I won't, I'm not going to tell you his name, he, but he said, there's no need, uh, there, there, there's no need to have the, this college in Mayapur. We found another way to get visas. So in this GBC's mind, it was just a... See, Prabhupada wanted to get Western people to be able to come and stay in India at that time. It was very hard to get a, a visa for Indians to come... for Americans and other Westerners to come to India, India and stay. You, the visas would run out and they'd have to go back. So in this GBC's mind, this was a scheme to get people in on student visas so they could stay for a long time to serve in this person's projects, I suppose. <laughs> and so I got really discouraged. Because I, I did, you know, wow, you know, what, what's really happening here, you know? Which year would that have been, roughly? Uh, 75. Uh, I went back to India in 76. Uh, and Bhavananda said, aren't you going to come here and start this college? He was in Mayapur. We've already had the inspector of colleges come two times from Calcutta. They're very eager to begin. So here's one GBC saying, why don't you come here? Another saying, well, there's no need to have it. We found another way to get visas. <laughs> and Prabhupada wasn't around to talk to because he was, by then he was very ill. He was there in Mayapur, but he, could, he gave maybe one class. He was too ill, you know. So then what happened that by the end of the year, Prabhupada had gone, and, you know. So I, I was really kind of discouraged. Uh, but eventually we did get some money. Uh, we, we, uh, but uh, Rameshwar got interested in it because the Sankirtan, uh, I mean, the, the, this, the Sanskrit department came up with a scheme that we need to save the Vedas, that there's going to be a nuclear war between India and Pakistan, Prabhupada predicted, and therefore we need to save the Vedas, and for this reason, you know, so there should be some money. So he gave them some money, so at least they started to make microfilm copies of the Gaudiya material. That's what the Sanskrit department was interested in. But then some of us got together later, and we did get a grant from, from uh, through the, I think the Smithsonian, uh, to, to send a microfilms team, and we did do that. And, and you know, we have, we have a, the copy of this microfilm collection. We had... Uh, Professor White from, from American University finish it up, make make publish the the index of all the microfilmed works that were done. So you know we did do something. That was the Matsya project, no? Yeah, yeah. That was basically the Matsya project. Not because the world was going to come to an end and we had to save the Vedas. You know, because 
probably, you know, that, that the nuclear war didn't happen. Not yet. Well, at least Prabhupada said uh, Krishna changed his mind. Uh, but uh, but uh, it's been postponed. <laughs> so I think if we keep on spreading Christian consciousness, it'll keep getting postponed, by the way. Uh, but, uh, but you know, and now that library, the Pranav is working uh, there all, all the time. He's put, he's gathered all the material. It's be, you know, because, because when we were working on the cosmology project, the original thing was to choose the model for the, for the, for the, uh, for the, uh, what do you call it, chandelier. And the GBC asked me to be the one to make the decision, and I had several proposals, and I took the one that most literally represented what Prabhupada wanted. Uh, and, and we were collecting some books for, for this project. I asked the Mayapur devotees, can we have a locked room or at least a locked bookcase where we can keep our books locked? So because, you know, we wanted them to stay there. And, and people wouldn't give us room in Mayapur, uh, because uh, everybody said, yeah, you can put the books there, but we want to be able to look at them and use them. They would disappear. So I had this problem, and I told Hari Sari, you know, we need a route, we need a place. He said, well, you know, Mayapur, there's this Bhakti Bhavan, this couple of dedicated, donated this property in Calcutta. We could put a library there. They're upset that it's not being used. And it's Mayapur's project, this Bhavan was dedicated donated to Mayapur. So we did that to, just to put these books and that, that became the Bhaktivedanta Research Center. It grew and then other people, Pranava was collecting books and he had, you know, and, and hard, they did a good job, nice shelves, climate control, competent librarians and, and somehow when you made that repository, books started coming like crazy. So, but that was Prabhupada's idea for this research library. And I think we will have this institution in Mayapur, but we'll also have a branch in Calcutta. Uh, you got, you know, we do have to have some connection with the urban center. Uh, anyway, so what Prabhupada wanted is happening, I would say, almost in spite of ourselves. <laughs> So uh, uh, this uh, this is uh, we should get the BBT involved in all this work too. I think we've got a lot more to publish. Yeah, yeah. When I when, when will this model this chandelier be built? Before or after you're done with the research. I think the chandelier we don't need too much research for. We, we pr pretty much just take the way it is in the Bhagavatam and the Bhagavatam is pretty complete. So then what do you need the research center for? We need the research center to deal with all the questions that will arise in people's minds. Uh, the fact that this, you know, the other Puranas may differ from and differs from modern uh, ways of seeing the world. Uh, I, I, th I think we need, eventually, if we're going to really do scholarly work, we have to have people, the good, solid translations of the other commentators of the Bhagavatam. Probably Prabhupada will always be the guide for us, but the other commentators are there. Excuse me. The work of the other, uh, of the, the six Swamis. Excellent. On the, on the, on the, on the. Well,
Yeah, it's safer there. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, 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 I th lots of stuff is going to come up. And Prabhupada wanted all the books from the four Sampradayas. I think we should also do that. Because, because again, you know, one thing we want to show how Achincha Beta Beta Tattva is actually, you know, this is a sort of unfinished project. The Bhaktivinoda Thakur had this realization. Uh, Bhakti Siddhanta furthered it. Srila Prabhupada furthers it. That 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 Srila that that Lord Caitanya is in fact the the Yuga Avatar, and ultimately the 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 goal would be to unify all the Vaishnava sampradayas. They'll kill everybody will be distinct, but we will have a common mission, and all of them will accept. Lord Chaitanya. That would be our goal. Hmm? Where will be the moon in this model? <laughs> Further than the sun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you won't be able to hide that, you know? Be like it says. Uh -huh. and, and technically, is this going to be safe? I mean, I, I always think, what if a planet falls out of orbit? And yeah, yeah, I, th I think, I think uh, they've been doing, they're, they're actually not doing this as an act of faith, but actually weighing, measuring. I mean, there will be thousands of people. Lots of engineering, lots of good, enge solid engineering, you know. All those things are, are, are we'll use our common sense. India? Prabhupada once said, you know, somebody wrote Prabhupada, it, it, uh, lady wrote Prabhupada, is it all right to use scissors to cut the leaves of the Tulsi plant? Prabhupada said, on these details, he says, you don't have to ask me, use your common sense. If you don't have any, ask somebody who does. <laughs> Was it his letter? I think there's room for common sense. Uncommon common sense, sometimes we have to say, you know. Is there anywhere in the world a chandelier of similar proportions? Not, not, the, the not that I know of. The, 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 the Jains do have a temple which has a model of the universe according to their understanding. They do. Yeah. And of course there are planetariums all over the place. Uh, teaching, you know, with high-tech, you know, the, the, our, our current idea of how we explore the universe. Do you have any, any, how big will this model be? Is it I don't, I don't, I don't have, we have, I, I, I don't know the exact dimensions. It'll fit, it'll hang from the dome, it'll be pretty big. It, it goes down it, pretty it far. Will that dome? Huh? Will it fill that dome? Yeah, yeah. I don't think it'll be like a yeah, 100 meters. Yeah. Wow. You, huh? Wow. Yeah, and you see there's galleries alongside of it. As you go up these galleries in the main dome, uh, assuming you're circumambulating from left to right, you know, the right side will be the model, and the left side in galleries will be explanations of the various things that you will see in the model going up. And also, it will include, uh, you know, Transcendence in there too. We won't leave that out. Also, going up there. It's hung fairly high, I and mean, even on the second gallery, you're still going to be looking up. Yeah, it is pretty high up there. Yeah. 
But we, 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 you know, one of the things we had to do to get the model first was because they had to know, the engineers had to know how strong the dome had to be. Uh, and, you know, already we're using reinforced concrete. And, you know, our first, when the GBC was looking at this temple for Mayapur, we weren't going to use reinforced concrete because it hasn't been in use that long to know how long it's going to last. And, you know, the very oldest Bengali temples are made out of terracotta. There's no stone in Bengal, uh, there's, so we're going to use terracotta, and they're very, it really endures. But uh, we went with reinforced concrete, but this reinforced concrete is very special reinforced concrete, and all the reinforcement rods are not iron, but stainless steel. Because what usually tends to deteriorate reinforced concrete is the rust that gets in, and of course uh, we have special coatings to keep the water out, and then if water gets in, it won't rust the rebar that's, that's reinforcing. You know, because we plan to make it last quite a long time. So it is stainless steel. Yeah, I'm, that's why it's very expensive. It was graded down to normal steel because for cost reasons, so that's not the correct I had heard stainless steel, I, maybe. Well, that's really fair. They may have, you know, had to do that, I don't know. Maybe not for the dome, maybe for the other. Yeah, but yeah. Okay. You know, it's a challenge to build there because there's no there's no bedrock. It's all alluvial soil all the way down. You know, it's Gunga mud basically. For a while it was supposed to be titanium. Huh? For a while it was supposed to be titanium. Yeah, yeah. But that's yeah, beyond our cost. Wow. Big challenge. You know, but there's not many buildings sta standing now that were built 2,000 years ago, you know. They're all domes, by the way. <laughs> Should we keep talking? Um, I mean, breakfast is waiting probably. Yes? Well, is there some prediction in the Vedas or Vashyakarapa that not only for Sampradayas, but all religions um, come together in Kaliuga, Amarokshis, and Amarokshis? Is there a prediction like that? Uh, you, you, uh, my, at least my understanding, as we, we, we if, if you look at the, uh, religions, Prabhupada never said that a, a particular religion has to, you had to stop being a Christian or a Muslim or a Jew. You could still follow that. But if you follow it in the right way, you'll also understand that, that ultimately there's one God for all of them. You know, people say things like that. Once I was giving, I had to give testimony in a court case. Our Sankirtan devotees were arrested. And I, I had to give, give my oath. And they said, uh, well, they usually have you give your oath on the Bible. I said, yeah, I'll swear on the Bible. Why not? But I'm there in a dhoti and tilak on. And the, the person asking, the, giving the oath says, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth? This is the standard oath in America. Do you swear to tell the truth? the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help you. And he looks at me and he says, 
your God. <laughs> but there's only one God. And I said, yes, but there's only one God. I said that to him. Yeah, yeah. There's only one God. And people understand that. So we can, we can also understand, you know, because we have, we know what pure religion is. And, and we know that you, if you see religions that are either contaminated by karma and jnana, to what extent that is that way. But if you get rid of the, the, if, if the karma and jnana part of it and you get pure bhakti, it'll, they'll, they'll converge. Why, for example, was St. Francis preaching to birds if birds have no soul? If they can't be saved, only humans. <coughs> the Catholic teaches is that only humans have a soul. <coughs> Why is their greatest, one of their greatest saints, whom the present Pope is named after, preaching to birds? Maybe he knows better than everybody else, but you can't say it. Okay, I'm not going to create a disturbance, but he did it. Talk to the birds. Did he preach to them? Yeah. He did. Yeah. And they say St. Anthony of Padua preached to the fish. Wow. Nobody would, none of the humans would listen to him, so he preached to the fish. And they would listen with great eagerness. Those are the stories, anyway. So sometimes saints more than they know the more than they're supposed to. There's Catholic saints who had you know Lagima City. Anyway, the cities are all there too. We better stop, huh? Thank you very much. Shila Prabhupada ki jai.